welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're celebrating the big 5-0. It's our 50th episode. And so we're going to talk about burning down alfalfa. Do it this fall or next spring. In our spotlight, we're going to look at Extendiflex soybeans being approved. Egg History Minute, we'll do a little history on alfalfa. Cool Beans, that's corny. We'll cover some current events. And then we'll wrap it all up with some You Applied What. So with me today are Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So here we are, 50 episodes in. We did it. Yay. We can retire now. Is that it? No. Retired 50? No. Isn't it 55? I thought we got to at least make 65 to retire. What do we get our pension? <laughs> yeah, right. The the podcaster pension. 500. <laughs> 5,000. Oh, yay. Oh, yeah. This is fun, Max. Why would we want to retire? You guys might this? be dead, but I'll make it to 500 probably. <laughs> it is pretty cool we made it to 50 because, Bill, remember we tried, we tried a podcast two or three years ago? Yeah, Matt. I, I, I think we'd all live 10 more years, Max. <laughs> None of us are that old. No. You don't know that. Could we, get could get wild here. We but we tried a podcast Max before you, and it lasted like a couple episodes. Yeah, and then we failed. So and you're saying? Just, so you're saying was, I'm the uh, I'm the straw the that stirs the drink? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so too. I'm Aaron Rodgers in this situation. I make I conduct <laughs> the orchestra. Uh, that was a really bad analogy because he is not of this situation. Man. I think I think you're the Michael Vick. We're just waiting for you to get arrested for cockfighting <laughs> or Wait, dog fighting. Dog fighting. <laughs> I like the I'm the Jordan Love. I just make you guys all so angry that you podcast better. <laughs> yes, they are not taking our job. They yeah. bring in this new guy. Yep. Yeah, we should really talk to management about that. Done. 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 <laughs> that was it. We talked to management. Good job, guys. Game over. We did it. Uh-huh. And we got to go last week. We counted them out. Yep, really. I did. Said the Brewers were done. You know, they won like three of their last 10 or something like that. Yeah, it was like winning they, you they guys kinda, are in and they still lost. They, they kind of backdoored in. Yeah. And everyone, yeah. the the Phillies, either the Phillies or the Giants just had to win one game and they're sitting at home and they both lost. So I'm not, I'm not going to apologize. We're in. I, I've been seeing a lot of the Pirates of the Caribbean meme where it's like, you're the worst playoff team ever, but we are a playoff team. <laughs> They said that about the 99 Badgers. They're the worst Rose Bowl team ever. We, well, we beat them. We won. So so after first game was down 4-2 to two yep. to the Dodgers. So And the Dodgers are. I mean, it, they're, they're they, a wagon. And our pitching, and everybody's getting hurt. We, Ryan uh, Braun went out. And, we lost Corbin Burns, who's yeah. our best, best starter. Yeah. And we lost, um, was it Williams? Well, Woody's Devin out, isn't Williams? he? No, Woody pitched. Is he? Okay, he's, he's he back. He pitches tonight. He's he's back so for it's, sure. It's Woody and Kershaw tonight. So as of recording, playoff Kershaw, we got big chance to win here. Is, yeah, we're calling it as a recording. We're before the second game, but congratulations, Brewers, one-one series, and the only rubber game tonight. The so only problem we'll is Woody can't take Kershaw deep tonight because there's a DH now. Oh yeah, like he, he could, but he could. We could decide to let him. True, we could decide. I doubt we would because we have. Uh, I can't think of his last name now. On. The big dude who looks like every beer oh, league softball Vo- player, Vogelbach. Vogelbach, yep. Yeah, that's what the D- see. I've been listening to it on the radio more than watching, dude, so I don't know what any of these dude, guys look Vogelbach, like. Vogelbach, he is a unit. Beer yeah. league softball, dude. Guy. He is a load. Nice. I mean, he 
he could he could throw on the shoulder pads, play fullback. Like he is a big dude. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like he's got his like he's got his jersey unbuttoned like all the way down to his belly button, big old <laughs> chain hanging out, like the eye paint, chewing a big old wad of gum. Like he is just he's just he's just here to hit balls, man. And that's it. It's that's all we need him to dude, do. Dude, when he walks up to the plate, I get excited or every I'm time. Just, yeah, bring up Vogelbach on the yeah. Google Images machine and yeah, if you he, he's a you chonk just, boy. Yeah. He's just a straight up big. Uh, like you say, there's definitely some power behind that bat. I mean, yep. He's like the Jesus Aguilar, probably bigger. He's bigger than Jesus Aguilar. He's he's a big dude. <laughs> Jesus could at least play first. True. This guy doesn't look like he should play defense no. at all. Yes. No. Yeah, I don't think he's laying out for a for a reach on first base. I would I would doubt it. But you know, either way, he rakes. So, any other baseball? Updates, Bill. The poor Twinkies, Twins. Ooh, eighteen straight losses. Playoff, eighteen straight playoff losses. Nice, That's straight. Good. Good it's, what, straight. it's what Minnesota straight. deserves, though. Whoa, but they they kept getting the Yankees and kept getting swept. Okay, now they had the Astros, who finished the same as the Brewers, twenty nine thirty one, and they lost both games. So, poor Twinkies. Nah. Win some, you lose some. Yep. Well, or actually, you lose some, lose, and you lose, lose some, some and you lose, lose a lot. <laughs> you lo- you lose some, losing. and you lose seventeen more. Yeah. Eighteen straights hard. I mean, because you think hey, these are series, right? So that's win. over like multiple. They get swept yeah, every yeah, year. Shot at one. Yeah. But, so yeah. they've been in the playoffs three times or four times and lost every all game. Of them. Yeah. Wow. You say it's one thing when you get swept by the Yanks with their like ten billion dollar lineup. It's another thing to you know. Lose to lose two straight to the Astros, who backdoored their way in like the Brewers did. Didn't have their trash can yeah. cheating. Yeah, this didn't year. didn't know trash well, cans in the dugout they did, this year. They just yeah, <laughs> because there's no fans, we didn't notice it as much. You know, nobody was there to like with their sharp eyes on the dugout. Could be, could be. Yep, the Packers three and zero. That's good. Let's go. Yeah. Not yeah, they are just rocking. This is going better than I could have ever imagined. Honestly. I I don't think I could have drew this up like preseason that it was going to look like this because I mean they they're not three and all like oh, we squeak by they're they're three and all man their defense starts playing shut down like they did a little bit more last year and it's not thirty seven thirty it's thirty seven seventeen yeah like you say I I still don't think the defense is like rock stars but they come up with the big plays and they have big play potential when they need it and. That's all it really takes now. I mean, in such a who has last possession league, you know, all it takes is yeah. one interception in a game, and that comp- you mean you won the game right there. Yeah. Forcing that fumble last week was pretty. Bad. That was sweet. Yeah, Especially and right after on, they went for it on fourth down, right, four, got stuff, and then yeah, yeah. and, and right, Darius just right on cue, right at the point in the game where you really thought like, hey, they need to they need to make a play here. The defense defense needs to do something. Bam, there it was. Bam, there it is. Yeah. This week though we got the we got the um, Falcons who are terrible defense so hopefully bet the over well, they got smoked pretty hard last week so they might be kind of angry that's true but that's been last couple weeks they blow yeah I was gonna say they they blow they've blown a lead in all three games this year that's what they, they do. might be angry but their defense still won't be able to stop a Rod <laughs> don't Damn. jinx it. Dan Quinn's going to get up like 14 nothing going to prevent defense in the first quarter <laughs> and then just never come out of prevent defense. That's cool. All right. You guys ready to do this? Let's get into it. 
So burning down alfalfa, spring or fall? Why? Why not summer? We would like to harvest. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes you end up doing. By it then, we better make a decision summer. if we're going to keep it or not. All right. So spring and fall. Bill, was this your? Yeah, this was my idea. I guess we're right in that like. Might be a fuzz late, but we're right in that time frame where should we kill it now or should we just let it grow and wait till spring? Are, are we going to get above 50 again? <laughs> yeah, next week, almost 70. That looked pretty good, actually. So that was good. But um, I think in some degrees it's maybe a, a management decision as far as what your philosophies are. But I guess I wanted to talk more about, like, if you're going to do it this fall, what should you do? If you're going to do it next spring, what should you do? Not like decision of spring fall because I think every farm is different and some of that we'll get into it but I would agree with you Bill this is a tough question to just specifically answer they're both right they're both wrong it depends on you know what maybe even the soil type it depends on you know certain things with can you get in there in spring or not and and spray it and you know so yeah I think that there's a host of other things where the farmers just got to decide which works better for them I think going the last two years we opted for spring a lot because we had really poor alfalfa stands so you're like well whatever looks best in the spring we'll just keep it but now we're kind of seeming like we're getting a little bit better sort of stands and inventories so we can at least make this decision this year where in the past we didn't really have to even make the decision well last year if you would have sprayed any time after like the first week of september you probably wouldn't have killed anything because it was so cold, cold. and wet and you would have made, like, foot ruts across yeah. the whole field. You, yeah, it yeah. would have just been a mess. We've had trouble the last couple of falls even having time to make this decision because we made corn silage for two and a half months, and it was yeah. all hands on deck to make that. So, And let's be honest, is winter made the decision for us because it just killed it, some of it. So, yeah, <laughs> so kind of... Yeah, I mean, we save the... money on herbicides, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. there you go. So I guess the reasons why I like doing it in fall is... You're going to get an earlier, possibly an earlier planted crop next spring because the alfalfa is dead. You don't have to wait for it to green up. Then go out there, spray, wait your week or two for the herbicide to do your job, and then go plant. So it's dead. You can get right out there and plant when the when it's fit. Um, you know, you might get some decomposition of the plants this fall, maybe some nitrogen release, that kind of thing. That's probably debatable, but that's a possibility. Well, and would you want the nitrogen release then versus... No. Next spring. In the spring, yeah. Right. Yeah, so a little debatable there. Um, if it doesn't work, which we've all seen it in the fall not work because of mostly weather conditions, now you do have a shot in the spring to try again. If you do it in the spring and it doesn't work, yeah, that's going to back you up in the spring. So another reason to do it this fall. Um, plants may be growing a little bit more. So now, you know, We've had the whole summer, and they're growing, and they're doing their thing. Versus next spring, they're just waking up, and they're not translocating as be- as good we, as we they talk are about air temps throughout, but the soil temp is also important. Yeah, it's, yeah. This fall, be. yeah, it's cold this particular week, but the soil is still warm and it's still fairly actively growing. Whereas in the spring, you know, you need that soil to warm up and all that to kind of get it get it started. So, like you say, Bill, it just um, just a little tougher in the spring sometimes to make that call because of temperatures. The one the one thing that I think is the most important of all this, that's my opinion, is we don't have to wait for planting. We talked about that right away, but what I'm getting at there is if we don't kill in fall and we go to spring, 
especially if it's Roundup ready. Now we don't have Roundup to use. We have to use Dicamba or 2,4-D or something else. And then remember, we have that planting window, that setback, that restriction where we can't, we spray it today, we have to wait a week to plant because otherwise that 2,4-D or that, that Dicamba will affect corn emergence. So if we get it killed this fall, that kind of goes out the window. So that's one thing I like. Sure. And one thing I like, Bill, is the, we talked about, you know, herbicides, how well they work in the fall as we get colder. But a lot of times we actually don't need the herbicide to work that well. It's just sort of one of the punches and your knockout punch is winter. Sure. So it's almost trying to just weaken that plant a little bit and, the, and going in a winter and then a winter will do the, do the rest of it for you. Whereas in the spring, like I said, it's waking up, so you don't always get a full good punch, and then you don't have your knockout punch of winter there. So um, that is one nice part, too, is some guys will say, well, it's kind of cold right now. I don't know how good the herbicide's going to work. But you just need it sort of warm enough that it sucks in that herbicide. Um, and then the other part to think about is tillage is we don't always need to till. You know, sometimes you can just spray them and leave them, which is nice, and then you got that to no-till into in the spring or or have usually a pretty mellow um, crop to do that with. Um, unless you do have a compaction problem, which we, we have enough of that going out of hayfields sometimes, but I think a lot of times you don't necessarily have to till those. Depends how long it's been hay, too. I mean, if it's an older stand, it's probably more likely to have compaction versus you know, if guys that are keeping them six years or or longer in some cases. Those... Maybe my point is, is if you do spray it in the fall... You don't. You could you could till it in the spring and alleviate a lot of that most of the time if you're going to till. And it seems like when you till in the fall in a hayfield, the re, there's very I don't know. It just seems like the residue. Yeah. it's like a soybean field where right. there's just no residue, no residue or very if, little. If to me, if you kill in the fall, the potential is there that through that winter cycle and that little bit of decomp, maybe that you don't have to till it, but you know, you have the opportunity to kill the, or to do your tillage in the spring where if you're not killing till the spring, then it's like that decision window is compressed and you might be forced to do that. Or, you know, we don't have time to work it. We're just going to try planting it like this. And that's maybe not the best decision either. So I guess the, the fall kill gives you more, gives you a bigger window, I guess, to make that decision. I would say if you're going to till it, I'd rather do it in the fall than in the spring in general. I mean, I don't, don't see that being a, if you're going to kill it and then go into spring without tilling it, then I would just no till it. I don't think I'd even think about tilling it unless there was really a big issue. The other thing I've noticed too this fall, and maybe it's because we actually have a dry fall compared to, it's not dry, dry, but it's dry compared to the last two years, is guys using those very narrow sw uh, slot deep rippers, you know, mm -hmm. where you, you alleviate some compaction that way. Um, and that really doesn't do any soil disruption of the surface. So you could still do your burn down and then come back, um, come back in there. So sure. All right, let's flip the coin bill. Yeah. Let's do the other yeah. One. Let's other side is why spring versus fall. So the cool part about if you left it is you got your cover crop, you got no cost into it. You've already spent your money five years ago when you seeded it down. So you got your actively growing cover crop. So you've got, you've got there, that's already there. Um, 
if the alfalfa, if you get to next spring and the alfalfa looks good, maybe you take a first crop and then you put corn or something like that. So don't roll your eyes, Max. Well, good part about taking first crop is... It happens, Max. 40% of your yield is in first crop. Right. That's the most you're going to get out of that hay field. But you're also going to sacrifice the corn yield. Right. So there's a trade-off there, but it I, I like that at least on borderline fields where you're like, ah, we could rip it up this fall, but it still looks okay. At least you leave it till spring, then you you know right. you're making a, a more solid decision that and way. And maybe you're short of hay. Maybe you have all the corn you need. Maybe you're fuzz short of hay. Leave it go. If you don't leave it go, you've already made that decision. You can't take it next spring. If you leave it go, you can take it next spring, or maybe you take a half a field or something like that. So um, so those are a couple things of of why, you know, spring versus fall. Well, and one nice thing, too, is if you do leave the alfalfa, you can plant into that alfalfa and then spray. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily kill it first and then plant. Yep. Um, again, that comes back to the compaction issue. If your <clears throat> field is more compact, you're going to have a harder time no-tilling into that surface. So, you know, having that mellow thing we talked about in the fall, by killing it then, you're going to lose out potentially on that. But The things that to worry about, as we kind of talked about already, but is you can do a burn down plus residual. When you do it in the spring, you can, like you just said, Matt, you can plant into it, come through with the sprayer. You can do your Roundup 2,4-D Lumax or whatever that concoction is that you and your agronomist have come up with. Um, you know, so those are some things that you can do to help, you know, one one shot there. Um, so that helps. Or soybeans, maybe it's some Valor or Sonic with your burn down. Uh, a lot of times we don't go into soybeans after well, alfalfa. Soybeans, at least we got a lot more options with, well... Who knows what extend will bring, but with the enlist beans, is we have the 2,4-D there where right. basically you could burn it with 2,4-D and plant right into it without right. the hold. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, that that beans used to, like you say, Bill, not be the best option. In fact, it was probably one of the worst ones because you just had, you Zero. know, Roundup kind of worked okay and Classic kind of did okay, but you really didn't have much options. Now we have more options. And then the, the other options I really like is the in-season herbicide options uh, with having status Diflex or your, your dicamba with safeners. Yep. Uh, maybe those are getting older now than I think. But in general, though, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have They're oldies that, um, or goodies. Yeah. I mean, we had status. the options without the, the safener. But, you know, status now, if, if, you, if we miss the alfalfa and it just doesn't get a good kill, status will... Status is still the butt kicker of butt kickers yeah. when it comes to killing alfalfa and corn, man. I mean, it it performs year in and year out when you got alfalfa in your cornfields to just you know you need it needs to go down. It's I mean it's there, it does the job. And one thing about alfalfa is it's I mean it is a a weed and it can be problematic, but in general, um, most of the time the little bit that's left there and then we get it with status, it really doesn't set the corn back no, too bad at all. No. You can get the corn if, above it. You know, the hay, yeah. like a weed will compete, you know, it's but yeah, the, it, high, but alfalfa. You and know, then too, it, it was to grow two feet, maybe. Right, it's got a limited ceiling. And on then it you'll see like, come like, say, like say you set it back with Acuron and then you're like, oh man, it's like waist high corn and the alfalfa's kind of coming back. Yeah. By the time the corn's tasseling it, the alfalfa's full of leaf hopper underneath <laughs> and just getting schooled so it, it 
I, I mean, it usually isn't. If anything, maybe then it's so your it's your inner plan. Sometimes we just introduce some leaf uppers. <laughs> yeah. you just, sometimes you just got to take a sleep in there and just see, see how things how are going. Yeah, like to calm yourself down from the leaf hoppers you're seeing in your alfalfa fields. <laughs> just go sleep, go sleep in between those corn rolls over there and see how bad it really is. Oh boy! One other thing about not killing it and in fall and either doing it in spring at, before or after planting is you might dry out the field a little faster too having that growing crop yeah. you know we've, we've talked about using cover crops for that purpose it gives you maybe an option where you're going to get in there a little bit quicker too we all know that early planting of corn is the best right after let's go this year. let's go around the horn on spring versus fall who if you had to pick if you were cuz I'll be honest I did I could go either way I really could but if you had to pick which Bill? What would you pick? Now, as soon as you say Bill, Todd's going to be like, oh, <laughs> no, no, this is his can move. I, can I make one counter. disclaimer? This is his move. I, He's like, I, you pick. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> one disclaimer, Todd. One. One disclaimer. Okay. Clay soils I, fall. Yep. Sandy, lighter soils spring. And that, that gets back to earlier. I said, you know, soil type, right. management, all that matter. That's actually, that's pretty good. If you strong army on one, probably go spring because then you have the opportunity to... Take it, or you have your cover crop, that kind of conservation thing. Matt, what do you pick? I agree with what Bill said. If I absolutely had to pick one over the other, though, I would probably pick spring over fall. Max? I think uh, I think I'm the same way. If I have to pick one, I'm, I'm going to say spring. I like... Uh, you know, I like being able to haul manure on a growing green crop. That's a really nice like option to have there when you have growing alfalfa, not dead alfalfa. So I'm a, that's my little add-on there. And if you're going to kill it anyway, what does it matter if you smear it in the fall when it's wet? Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you get the benefits of having the green crop, but you're not concerned necessarily about, am I harming the green crop? You know what I'm saying? Right. Where right. other times you're very, you're very cautious. You're take it out anyway. So oh, you know, it, yeah. you know, we got a, you know, a quarter inch last night. We really don't want to, you know, hurt the, hurt this crop. Well, screw it. it, it this right? is going to be dead either way when we're done with it. So, you know, you get that that leniency, I guess. I'm going to agree with you guys and Bill, actually, because I, <laughs> I do a general ghost. I like spring in general, but I think Bill hit it on the head of it's, you know, by soil type. Like in clay soils, it's just harder to get in the spring. They wake up a little slower, um, so the herbicide option don't quite work as good. So, but I, I, I think it is, it's a farmer choice, you know, true and true that they got to sit and think about which, what, how they want to do it and how they want to manage it for next now, spring. Now, like three years ago, this is probably a completely different, you know, go around the table. Be, like you say that, that slow warm up in spring, well, we're not as afraid to plant into a green crop and come back and get it. You know what I'm saying? Where three years ago it would have been like, oh, I don't know if we want to plant into growing alfalfa. That doesn't sound like a real great... Well, and I would say guys are more willing to plant into alfalfa than they were other cover crops. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was kind of the first avenue of no-till into a, a green crop was, I'll just no-till this hayfield and then spray it off. And the more planters, you know, the, in the last handful of years have been retrofit, not retrofitted, the, but you buy a new planter and it's all set up. They, they, the cool part is planters, 10 years ago, Bill, when we were trying to jam it into hayfields, the planter could not get no. it at depth. No. And the hard part is, is you go dig now and you can't, it's hard to even find if it's down <laughs> to that depth. Yeah. But they're doing it with the down pressures right. on some of these Airbags now. And the... is, is we can we can do it now. So that's a good way to think about it. So too. there you go. Maybe there's a, a, a little addendum to that whole conversation. If you're running a 
20 or 30 year old planter, maybe it's not the best option to yeah. try to no-till into the hay. <laughs> nope. All right, so when when are we targeting to hit this stuff in fall or spring? So, yeah, yesterday. So we're, yesterday. If we're going to yeah. do it now. I was say, the killing frost, yeah, that might be tonight. <laughs> yeah, 33, though, 32. Oh, sorry, tomorrow or tomorrow. It's night, just going to take some leaves off. It's not going to kill it. Yeah, so it'd be great if you could do it before killing frost. A little not quite timely right now that we're talking about it. I should have maybe done it last week, but uh, we do want some daytime temperatures at or above 50 like the day before, you know, like a three-day window there, you know, before, during, and after would be really nice. And um, gotta obviously got to have some regrowth. So if you just cut it, like we talked last week about, you know, guys out cutting right now, you may not have enough regrowth there. You want that herbicide to have enough leaf surface to to suck it in. You know, we were talking about those guys last week and saying that maybe it wasn't the best decision. If we get a kill frost tomorrow night, those guys look like geniuses. <laughs> I mean, they're right on the money. They're, they were right before kill frost. Right. I mean, that's right where they want to be. But, yeah. Oh, well. So those are the kind of things to think about when you're going to go out and target it. Just get enough regrowth. The temperature's got to be above 50. Those are probably the two main ones. I mean, those same old standby herbicide recommendations we get we it has to be a growing crop or you're gonna have a hard time killing it yep yep what's your favorites to use todd uh 240s yeah so yeah i like cheap i don't use a lot of dicamba at that point i don't know why but i just a lot of 240 and then throw roundup in for for just to get the grasses and just some other stuff with it it does seem like roundup still does you know in the fall time like i said you just need something to sort of slow it down and then the knockout punch is the winter. So I'll usually throw Roundup in. And then if you do have Roundup ready alfalfa, um, obviously you need the 2,4-D there. And a lot of times there too, we still do use Roundup to get any other grasses or anything um, that could be there. If you're killing off a hayfield, there's a pretty good chance that there's not a lot of alfalfa in there and there's a lot of grass. So you're not going to get by with just 2,4-D. But just remember, if you have Roundup ready alfalfa, and you you know, obviously then we for surely can't rely on that alfalfa. On the roundup, you mean? Or on the roundup, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I misspoke there. But it's just so easy. Oh, I'm going to kill that hayfield. Throw some roundup. Oh, wait. It's roundup ready. Year by year, I'm seeing more alfalfa that's able to withstand roundup. You know, even when it's not supposed to be, it's supposed to be conventional roundup. It seems I, like every year there's more plants that are surviving. I wouldn't say year by year. I, I would say Max and Channel, we've Roundup's never been a good herbicide to kill no. alfalfa. It's, you just got such a huge taproot there. And it's these, so it's so strong. These ones that are left, unless unless it's winter. I mean, you had or or if you're going to spray before you harvest, sometimes that yeah is yep. enough to kill it off because then the cutting stresses it. And but yeah, these plants that are left are like five percent of what you planted, so they are extremely hardy yeah. and tough, and they basically kick the ass of the other ninety five percent around them that are, that died. So they are, they're hard <laughs> they're, to kill. They're the alfalfa plants with barbed wire tattoos. <laughs> yeah. They're the rock <laughs> of alfalfa. <laughs> the, other, the other thing I really like to do on any burn down, regardless whether it's alfalfa or spring or fall, whatever it is, I really like to use a product called AIM. Uh, an ounce or two, it's really cheap. And it just kind of is like a little boost, you know. It's, it's not. AIM, AIM is cadet, but like cheaper, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a yep. kind of just. Soups up the roundup. Yeah, it soups it up. It helps when it's cooler too. So I, I like I like to throw it in. There. I like aim with there's no plant back. So if you got a guy doing wheat after alfalfa, he can go roundup aim. Yep. yep. He doesn't have to wait. 
you know, the couple of weeks like you would with 240E. Yep. So there, like you say, that, that is a good one. A couple other things I've used in the past is Express um, or Basis. The one thing with Basis is two things there. Um, if you wait till the ground temperature is below 50, Basis will actually kind of not work in the fall. And then when you wake back up in the spring, it'll have some activity. So it gives you some spring activity. Um, but if you throw basis in, you have to plant corn. Gives you zero flexibility um, on that. So, And then there's always that old Gramoxone. Um, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people in this neck of the woods really use that. Um, there's times, actually, I prefer it in the spring when you want a quick kill rye yeah. or something. Whereas this, I would say a spring burn. No, not yeah. Or you it, want it to burn. Like you you said, Bill, you can see the burn before you're done spraying. Oh, it. 100%. I, in my co-op days, a 60-acre field, by the time you get done and you drive out, you can look where you started and Gr- see. Gramoxone had a big year last year. I feel like it was doing a lot of that late summer burn down on the fallow acres. Um but yeah, otherwise, otherwise we don't seem to use it a whole lot. The other thing is, don't forget that adjuvants. Obviously, we go into it; we're not going to forget it, probably. But just remember, um, throw those adjuvants in: crop oil, surfactant, AMS, whatever, whatever your agronomist recommends. I like the the non-ionic surfactant with some AMS. Um, just gets that better leaf penetration, better kill, especially at cooler temperatures. Um, I know the branded glyphosates, the Roundups, the Durangos, they have surfactant in it, but it's, again, a cheap insurance to throw a little bit more in. Um, just kind of use that as a standard. Sure. All right. So there you go. Fall or spring, whatever you, fits your needs the best, you can burn down your alfalfa, make sure you're Targeting it in a window where you'll get a good kill and use the right products. And if you're going to go no-till, you still have options. So, good talk. Now let's get into Spotlight for today. Getting a really weird deja vu feeling. Extendiflex beans approved. I feel like I've seen this before somewhere. So, Extend is back, at least on soybeans. So the... So for soybeans, um, you basically, the European Union said that they will take, um, approve the new trait. Uh, so some people had these planted, especially in plots, um, and that was kind of cool to see Twitter videos of, they and the plot, it had a big sign, do not harvest. And then the people going out and smashing those signs now, because now they can, yeah, harvest, they can harvest it and, and send these. So for next year, um, they'll be available. We still don't know about the herbicide, if that'll be available. Um, so that gets in the bear's announcement that um, if you buy these beans uh, for going in next year and that herbicide is not available to the customers in 2021, they'll, they'll give you a $7 a unit uh, rebate or refund. Uh, so yep. in kind of a neat way, I mean, I guess that $7 an acre doesn't necessarily help of as far as that herbicide program has to change a lot and you have to do some different things. But um, if you can't get enlist beans or if, if you know, the one good thing with extend floods, I extend flex is I believe they are uh Liberty link beans. That's I think there's going to be a lot of Liberty next year. So that way too is 
you buy Extend Flex and say you can't use Extend next year. At least you've got you got the Liberty. Liberty back up, so you use your seven bucks, you'll get in rebate to pay for some Liberty. So, um, yeah, just some kind of interesting news out there. All right, yeah, very interesting. We'll see what happens with Extend as we move into next year. Now it's time for our Ag History Minute. Gotta love that banjo. Alright, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the history of alfalfa. So alfalfa, the oldest of our cultivated forage crops, is thought to have originated in southwestern Asia with Iran as the geographic center of origin. Alfalfa was first introduced to the Americas by Spanish and Portuguese conquistadors. Mm. Meeting with idyllic conditions in Mexico and Peru, the alfalfa plant thrived and spread to Chile, Argentina, and finally to Uruguay. By 1775, Catholic missionaries brought alfalfa to Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California. Uh, Many others were producing alfalfa in the southwestern states by 1836. However, it was the introduction of the Chilean clover to California during the days of the gold rush that proved to be of major importance. In fact, alfalfa, cultivating alfalfa was a Usually a better paying enterprise than paying Whoa. for gold. So maybe it Whoa. should be the uh, San Francisco alfalfa. The <laughs> San Francisco alfalfa mill. Yeah. <laughs> Not the 49ers. San Francisco Chilean clovers. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So by the late 1800s, alfalfa was being used to some extent in Montana, Iowa, Missouri, and Ohio. Although. Chilean or Spanish sources of alfalfa were well adapted to southwestern states. They lacked winter hardiness for successful production in northern and eastern states. And meanwhile, colonists in New England had already introduced alfalfa to their new homeland under the name Lucerne, more than 100 years before alfalfa made its important entry into the California from Chile. The crop had been recorded in Georgia, North Carolina, and New York in the 1700s. So... There you, there you go. go. So the San Francisco Lucerns. Yeah. So that's I think Buick would be making big bang. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the tap roots of alfalfa are. Oh. <laughs> Save that one for later. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. They were making more money on alfalfa than gold. I did I did field the question this summer. Why does my alfalfa drying up? I thought this stuff came from Iran and it's like super dry there. And I was like <laughs> Yeah. Yes, in 1700, they did grow alfalfa in Iran. I don't think there's a whole lot there anymore. And if there is, it's not the same as what we're planting in Northeast Wisconsin. It's not Harvextra? It wasn't? No. Like anything, when you're far enough removed, things change. I like that the Catholic missionaries brought it to the U.S. That's, That's very interesting. I think that's a lot of the ways things get around were missionaries. Yeah, true. And explorers, yeah. That's how horses and all that stuff get moved around, cows. So, we're well, good. Right. Thanks for the Egg History Minute, Matt. If you like what you're hearing, please go to naicc.org, and there you can find an independent crop consultant in your area. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all our listeners, especially on our big number 50, 50th episode. <laughs> so, if you got a farmer friend, just show him. Tell him you got 50 hours of listening. <laughs> In the bank. I don't know. Will all Bam. 50 episodes show up in their podcast player? I'm yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, it- I mean, you can go back to to the start and just tell them, like, hey, you got 
50 hours while you're in the tractor this fall. And they will be listening. in more than 50 hours. The the farmers will be in the tractors more than 50 hours. Right. So they'll so be they able got, to catch I mean, up. That's and not even, and our, our podcast isn't an hour long. So not it always won't be true. 50 hours. Good point. So. We should look up our uh, total, total, time. total time. But yes, yeah, so that's not even a full, you know, it's probably 40 hours of listening time. And that's that's by Wednesday yes. in a normal work week. <laughs> a farmer could have listened by to Wednesday at noon. So thanks to all the listeners, and please tell a farmer friend about our podcast. Matt, where can they follow us? Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. All right, let's get into some cool beans, or that's corny. So cool beans? Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. So this week we're kind of breaking our cool beans, that's corny, from two to one. And cool beans, and that's corny. It's some cool corn, man. Potentially, I couldn't decide. Okay, so I was putting put either this in the spotlight or here, and it it was like both corny. It's like cool beans and corny all in one. I mean, it's just I I feel both ways about these this news. So, Culver's came out with a meatless harvest veggie burger, but it does still have dairy. So and corn. It's got corn, too. Well, corn is a vegetable. I know. Being a vegetable that surprises you? No. It is is not vegan. So their burgers are made of bush light. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, I'm in. I'm more in than I was before. Have you had one yet, Max? Absolutely not. (laughs) Frequent culvers. Absolutely not. I'm not trading out my full beefless burger for a veggie one, but I still think that this is a much better step for veggie burgers than do, the do you think possible the, water. So oh. officially hit on Monday of this week. Okay. Looks like. I have been to Culver's twice since then. I mean, so. with the butter burgers, I'm sure they still spread butter on it, right, to fry it, so they probably couldn't make it vegan even if they wanted. Well, it says it has dairy in it. Yes, yes. yes, no, but it is cheese, dairy in Cheese, it. yeah. It looks like cheese oh. inside. Maybe, I'll wait. Maybe I will try one this weekend. Try it once. No, but it says it's a... Got wholesome grains, delicious veggies, veggies included roasted corn, portobello mushrooms, red and green bell peppers, spinach, and chickpeas. You had me tell you said mushrooms. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm out, dude. Out. out. Mushrooms. That was number two out here after corn. Yeah, so. I know. I'm big on corn, not, not on mushrooms. mushrooms. Portobello mushroom is the meat mushroom. Is it? Not, the meat mu- not okay. big on eating fungus, dude. Well, why not? You're missing out. <laughs> it's a pretty fun time. O- open your horizons. Nope, I'm why good. Don't, don't I'm so a, good. Why don't you want to be a fun guy? I'm so good. Dude, I am a fun guy, and I don't <laughs> eat mushrooms. I had to eat mushrooms uh, on pizza like two weeks ago, and it was not good. And I picked most of them off, but there's some hiding underneath the pepperonis. Very bad surprise. Were they canned or fresh? Uh, they were fresh because it was a Papa Murphy's oh, pizza. Well, then it was at least better because canned mushrooms, ugh. Those slime all You don't over. like canned oh, mushrooms on so, yeah. your Bloody Mary? No, I don't, like I don't like why canned would you, mushrooms. Why would you do that to a Bloody Mary? That's they're, such an American they're beauty. Like what part of the slide? Like just it's nasty. Oh, I, I, like they my, I, I like mushrooms. I do too. Oh, like, I, I love mushrooms, like, but I hate oh, canned mushrooms. No, canned mushrooms are great too. Like, I eat them straight out of the can sometimes. Pre-COVID, actually. stop it. I'm but, not lying. Yeah, you eat a lot of weird. I, I, oh my I, god, I, my standards of eating should not. Dude, I've seen this. I've seen this guy lick fudge off his shoe. So it was good fudge. You sure it was fudge? It was on your shoe, Todd. It was. I, I walked through the yard he, lots of mornings to get fudge on my shoes. 
so yeah. yeah <laughs> I know. Okay, you know what? In all fairness, I know someone who eats cold chili dog or cheese dogs, like like the an dog Oscar Mayer cheese okay, dog. Yeah, eat some cold. Ooh, that actually sounds. Stop it! <laughs> yeah, oh, Todd. Todd loves everything cold. Cold, cold hot dogs. Are or, cold, or my friends, my best friends growing up, at their bedtime snack was a tortilla with refried beans and a cheese dog warmed up in the oh, microwave. Oh. I, st- oh my god, dude, that was so it. gross. It's, it's the next day though. That's not coming out well. It didn't sound so, very good. But next, Max is going to tell us like he doesn't like cold pizza. Do oh, love cold pizza. pizza. Oh. Live for cold pizza. Yeah, as long as there's any mushrooms on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, that's how I. I judge my salad bar pre-COVID. If it has mushrooms, mushrooms. like if, good, if it's a if it has good, mushrooms, it's a yes. bad salad no, bar. No, it's the good thick ones. Perfect salad bar. Oh god, <laughs> I can't even like thinking about them. Like thinking about having a mushroom in my mouth just makes me like makes my skin crawl. Dude, they're so gross, and like the smell. Oh, well, we never do this. That he hated them. Dude, no, yeah, yeah. He, hated, oh. yeah, he really does. Last year at Thanksgiving, someone was sautéing just a whole oh, pan of mushrooms. mushrooms is the best. Dude, the whole house smelled like dirty socks. It was so <laughs> gross. Oh, I was so upset. I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. I've no, never, I, mushrooms don't have a smell. The chef, the chef inside of me knows that I need to use mushrooms sometimes for other people's like benefit, and I do it, and I hate it. I hate the whole time. Just like this is gonna be so good, and I'm gonna add stupid mushrooms to it. Wow, that has been mushroom talk. Wow, that's <laughs> mushroom too, uh, radio. That's Max's deep, deep seated hate of mushrooms right there. <laughs> Can't stand them. <laughs> All right, time. time for you. You applied what? What did you do? Let her rip. All right, uh, Bill. What you yep. got? All right. Little theme here. So I'm not gonna give any hints to this week. All right, the four choices: Fellow Star, Landmaster, two, not one, two, Enlist Duo, and Flame Star Plus. Is Landmaster any relation to the Bassmaster seventy six? No. Have we we've had a couple of these? We have. Okay, we have. I feel like we've had all of them except for one, actually. Yeah, Flame Star Plus sounds sounds fake. Yeah. Definitely, it sounds is. Fake. It is. I'm not good at coming up with. <laughs> yeah, that one's, that one's super Wait, fake. Flame but Star Plus. Is can you cool. can you give me the difference between? Is Flame Star Plus like when you have a burner on the back and you just flame it? That happens. It sounds like it what, does. I know. Yeah, it is. Flame Star Plus sounds like a. It's Burger King's grill. What this is, what they put the Whopper through, right? Yeah, yeah. Flame Star Plus. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like. Uh, like a racing fuel or something like that. Yeah. Like you definitely see that on a on like a racetrack somewhere. Flame Star Plus. I, I don't know about Flame Star and racing. There's enough fires in racing. <laughs> if you dude, it's a, it's based on combustion. So I mean, gotta have fire. What? But, but the other tra- combustion engine. Ba- what? Basic science. The other three have a theme though. They went with their burn down the theme. Yep. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's Roundup premixes. Okay, okay, so they all have yep, something else. Yep, Roundup. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, something so else. list is your 2,4-D. That's, that's the, the duo part. What's in Landmaster, Roundup, and what? 2,4-D. Yep, and then Valistar is 2,4-D, Roundup, nope. 2, is it? No? Oh, okay. Nope, that's Dicamba. Ooh. Uh, so we got a Dicamba <laughs> and two 2,4-D premixes. So kind of harkening back a little bit to our veggie burger discussion, Flamestar is a variety of cauliflower. Oh, well, there you go. Confirmed, I will eat cauliflower. <laughs> broccoli? Yeah. Yep, broccoli. Broccolini. Dude, big broccolini, broccolini? guy. Really? Big broccolini guy. Broccolini? It's like a little That's broccoli. A mini one. Oh, like big little, broccolini guy. Like baby carrots. Broccoli flower? No, 
baby carrots are regular carrots just cut and shaved. Broccolini yeah. is actually a different. <laughs> baby carrots are kind of a waste of a carrot. How much carrot gets thrown yeah, away? Well, yeah. they don't throw it away. Then they just stick it in soups and stuff. Sure. They got it, it probably becomes like the God. shredded. Yeah, oh, no. They got it figured out. Oh, yeah. But broccolini is actually like a different. It's a cultivar of broccoli. Okay. So there you go. Now you know broccolini and you know Max Flames is a baby about mushrooms. So. <laughs> Next week we'll just go through my few, my food preferences for forty five minutes. That's going to be the episode. <laughs> we right. want people to listen after fifty episodes, man. Yeah, dude, I think people would tune in to hear that. I got some <laughs> wild ones. Max hates water. Who knew? <laughs> it's a miracle he's alive. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks to all of you for listening. Today we talked about alfalfa burndowns and your options when it comes to doing them in fall or spring. In our spotlight, we looked at ExtendFlex soybeans being approved. Egg History Minute, we talked about the history of alfalfa. And in Cool Beans, that's corny. Culver's new veggie burger, veggie harvest veggie burger that they have available. Whatever has, it's called. Has dairy and vegetables. And you applied what? We talked a little bit about having some roundup mixed premixes so thanks for listening and as always happy farming